Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to head out to Ontario, to Bolton, uh, Ontario, which I've never actually been to before, but I get to, I get to uh, talk to an amazing chiropractor. Um, I got to spend some good time at her, with her at the uh, last CNAC uh, board retreat that we did in Toronto. And uh, we had lots of fun. I think we had so much laughs that I think my face was hurting um, literally uh, by the end of it. And so, so I'm pretty excited to get into this. So our, our chiropractor, she has, uh, she's a graduate from CMCC uh, in 2002 and um, and she's uh, rocking out in practice, and she's helping out with leadership in um, in chiropractic in Canada. And I'm super happy to introduce Dr. Allie Miller to the podcast. Welcome. Sweet, thank you so much. This is fun. Yes, I think this will be good. We had uh, we had we had some good times, some good laughs. I think in uh, in Toronto there uh, a few months back before the craziness went. <laughs> Uh, just before the craziness, but that's what happens when you get a bunch of great chiropractors together. Yeah, we had so much fun, the world just fell apart right after that. <laughs> so um, so why don't you bring us back a little bit to uh, the very beginning of how you found out about this crazy profession called chiropractic in the first place? Um, for sure. I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up in a chiropractic house. You know, no one else in my family had ever done it before. Um, and I didn't even really know too much about it when I went off to school. My mom, while I was at university, my mom suffered from headaches for a long period of time. And finally, as almost like a last resort, her uh, physician had put her on to a chiropractor and she started to go and she got great, great results. And it just changed obviously the way she kind of lived her day-to-day life and moving forward is just how she approached her whole lifestyle. So that was my first kind of exposure to it. And then the other side is that I've always done I've always gravitated towards kids, right? My passion has always been to teach swimming lessons and I was a camp counselor and all that kind of jazz when I was younger. So then when I kind of left or I was thinking about leaving university and what I wanted to do next, um, those two kind of fell together. So I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare and help people. And when I kind of found out I could almost direct it towards that whole pediatrics and kids, it was, uh, I was sold. So I, uh, so I went to school in Toronto and here I am, whatever we are, 18 years later. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, your, your, uh, mother, um, so, so your mother got better with, uh, her condition or her yeah. issues and stuff that she felt better. How did, how did you ever hear about the link between uh, children and chiropractic? I th- when I went, when I was applying to school, I went to a diff- couple of different chiropractors' offices just to mm-hmm. learn more kind of about what they did and who they saw and kind of what I was getting into. And, um, and one of them had uh, lots of kids in his office and I just kind of was like, I love this. So let's, uh, let's do it. That's all. Okay. And, and then, so when you uh, picked your school to go to, like, what was the, what was the process with you picking a school? Um, I was kind of, I didn't really know of all my other options. You know, you, you learn that later on. Uh, So really, I just thought there was Ontario as my option or CMCC. And so I went, Um, I had a great class. Our 2002s have brought out a lot of great chiropractors. And so it was a great, 
you know, four years while I was there, uh, learned lots and, um, and then kind of did learning outside of school too. Right. So I did do stuff through the ICPA and lots of stuff after I've graduated that has solidified lots of my knowledge. Um, but you know, it was close to home. It was great. I, I literally got married two weeks before I started CMCC. So I arrived home from my honeymoon on Sunday night and started school Monday morning. Wow. Wow. I was one of of those crazies. Yeah, no doubt. Um, And so when you went to school, like there's a lot of, a lot of chiropractic uh, students that listen to this podcast too. Um, What kind of advice would you give um, students out there uh, that might help to give them a little bit more? Because you know, the chiropractic school kind of gives you the nuts and bolts uh, and the foundation of the school and helps you get through board exams and stuff. But what kind of things would you uh, recommend that students might look into when they're in school? I think to do as much as you possibly can during that time outside of those four walls of school, right? So, you know, any, there's so many different coaching programs or associations that have student driven, um, branches that Mm -hmm. if you can get into those to kind of learn more and visiting offices, right. So to see different offices, to see maybe where you would like to kind of throw your passion or, you know, do you want a locum or do you want to own your own or do you want to be an associate or do you want to have a big office or a small, like all those different things just to really see what it is you want, because uh, that's one of the biggest lessons, right? Is that it's impossible to try and follow someone else's passion or what they want. It's, it's, it's following whatever you want. Right. And so you almost need to be exposed to a whole bunch of different styles just so that you can kind of pick what kind yeah. of resonates with you. Right. Um, sure. and, and as far as the, uh, well, we always talk a little bit about with the vitality shift, we're talking about kind of chiropractic more on a vitality model. Um, when was the first time you kind of knew that in the profession, there's kind of this bell curve of philosophies. Did you learn about that in school? Uh, a little bit. We did have some separation in our class of, you know, along the spectrum. It's probably been more so out in practice that I've that I've definitely seen the two ends and the black and white and the, uh, the infighting, so to speak, um, which is sad. You know, yeah. I, I, I wish that everyone could, you know, do what they want as their passion without judging everybody else. Um, but I definitely, it started in school, but more so after did I start to see it more. So in school, was your class, like, was there quite a few chiropractors that kind of understood chiropractic a lot more than just back pain in in, in your class when you're in school? Or I wouldn't wouldn't say a lot. I would say, you know, if we, I forget our graduating class numbers were maybe 150 and you'd probably have less than 20, less than two dozen for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when did you start to kind of learn about that, um, about the cool, like the, I say the cool aspect, but the, the coolest, we think it's the coolest aspect, like about yeah. optimizing function and, and helping you adapt better to your environment. What, like, tell us your little story about, because did you come in right away um, with that idea of chiropractic or was it a little bit more mechanistic or how, how did no, you evolve? I, would have, I think I would have been more, more mechanistic just because, you know, my mom was like, she was challenged with a symptom, so to speak. And, you know, went in for that specifically and got relief from that. Um, You know, we saw other things change with that. I think just in, you know, within that first year or two, um, I did get exposed to a couple of our groups at school. You know, there was like a Peds Club and a Thompson Club and different things like that, that some of those leaders of those clubs did have a bigger vision. And so they shared that. 
I, so I was one of those ones that decided to have a baby while I was in school. (laughs) 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 I'm bowing for people on the podcast. I'm bowing to her because I had a hard (laughs) enough time with school with not having a baby at the same time. Goodness. I know it it was totally (laughs) planned, like totally planned for between, uh, between the summer, between second and third year. But in that, I think in talking to other uh, women that had done that and, you know, even, they exposed me to, let's say, midwifery care and how to approach birth differently. And, you know, I met Liz Anderson Peacock, who was this big peds chiropractor kind of that would come into the school. So my whole mind started to shift about even just what health was and what was possible and what my body could do. And, and it has somewhat steamrolled from there. Um, through your progression into that um, kind of life model of chiropractic care, um, was it kind of a gradual progression or is there any kind of uh, pivotal moments that you remember that kind of was like, whoa, that blows your mind? Um, I think probably being pregnant and, you know, not accepting that pregnancy is this dreadful thing that's supposed to be full of aches and pains and that, you know, you can enjoy it and that you can have this beautiful, pretty easy birth uh, experience um, and a baby that is healthy and that nurses well and that doesn't need any help from the outside. I think that was probably the biggest, uh, the biggest shift. And that was, I was, I was still pretty young, right? And that was just after second year. So that definitely gave me some uh, steam for the next two years. Well, and why don't, while you're, while we're on that topic, there's some students out there. How did you balance uh, being a mom and and studying for chiropractic school and and like doing board exams and all stuff? How did you do that? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, no, (laughs) Uh, you know, you didn't, I didn't know any different. Right. So it's, uh, so I had uh, my original plan was to have her in the summer and I was going to take a year off and then join kind of the class the year later. Yeah. Uh, but the school at that time had changed the curriculum. I was the last year of the old curriculum before the new curriculum came in. So they essentially told me I didn't have that option, but that they would help me with whatever I needed to kind of keep going. Yeah. And I had great classmates. So literally, you know, when we used to split up for technique class in that first hour that, you know, half the alphabet was in there, uh, I would have the baby. And when it was my turn to kind of go in for technique, I would pass off the baby. Um, I had, profs that held her while we wrote in class exams. You know, I had family and friends that helped me keep her outside of school on days that I needed it or once I was in clinic. So it was a, it was a village and uh, she, you know, it was, it was pretty neat and she's in our graduating picture. So it's no way. So you brought, you brought her to class quite a bit then. Oh, and that, uh, yeah. And that first, so when I was in third year, she came to class every day. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get through chiropractic school and um, and then what did you do after that? Did you, um, you, you know, you get through your board exams and did you open the arms on your own or, or did you do associateship or what did you do? Nope. So I literally, uh, I kept on the baby train. So I literally had uh, my second just as soon as I graduated. And so I took a little bit of time off after that to kind of just be a mom with the toddler and the baby. And then I joined... Um, a different practice just as like an independent contractor just to almost to kind of dab my feet in to see what I liked about her practice and and I learned what I didn't like or what I wanted for my own and then about a year after that so 2004 I opened my own in Bolton. Ah cool and in, why and it was Bolton your hometown from before is that why you picked that town or town or how uh, did you pick the town? No so it was about it 
I, I grew up close to here, only about 25 minutes. So I did, while I was in high school, I did have friends that lived in Bolton. We ended up buying a home here in 2002. And then just all the pieces fell into place. And this is where I started and still am. And I love it. That's cool. Now, when you, um, when you open your place, how did, did you just kind of like, did you buy an existing practice or did you just look for a strip mall and then open a practice? Or how did you do that when you opened from scratch? Uh, it's a bit of an, a unique story. So literally there was a, um, a massage therapy clinic that was in town here. And I approached her to kind of say, hey, listen, do you, would you be open to us opening something together where we would almost have two businesses under the same roof, mm-hmm. uh, but share kind of some of our expenses? And at the time I approached her, she wasn't game for it. She was kind of happy with what she was doing. And this was a massage therapy clinic that had, I think at the time, maybe five or, five or six therapists. So she was doing well. She grew up in this town, so she was well-known, like it was good. Yeah. Uh, so that, at that point, I went to work with that other doctor for about a year. And then somewhere in that year, she came back and found me and said, hey, remember that plan you had a year ago? I think we should do it. And, uh, and so we did it. And it was great. We were nine years together and it's not your typical model at all. Um, It it worked really, really well. You know, we grew it to a point where, you know, it was, it was a a clinic of, it had nine therapists It had me as the chiropractor It had a naturopath. Um, We had different admin at the front to kind of handle all the different disciplines. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of patients that saw lots of people. So it wasn't a, you know, strictly, Oftentimes people think their referrals only go one way, but we were kind of, it went every which way. Yeah. Everyone understood the whole kind of premise of what we wanted to do and just making our community healthier. And then uh, she ended up moving away. And so we kind of disbanded that arrangement. And in 2013, I kind of came out on my own as just me. And so did you just take over the existing building yourself or no, did you I, move? I actually, I actually moved locations. So I moved to a little bit smaller of a space and it just had more windows. It's like anything, right? You kind of learn as you go what, 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 you, like. what you want, right? And I wanted more windows. So I'm in a corner kind of unit now that has windows on two sides and it's perfect. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 my, our practice is like that too. We're on a corner and so our whole outside is just all windows. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to always have lots of light in there. So, so when you started practice, like, again, there's people be listening to this that might be just starting or kind of plateaued in practice. What are the, like, when you start from zero, you really need to get out there. And so yeah. what kind of, what kind of things did you do to grow your practice at the beginning? Um, I think I was a young mom in the community too. So I definitely, um, I was meeting a lot of people through that where I could talk chiropractic and I could talk about kids in chiropractic. Um, I did do your normal kind of networking stuff of joining, you know, BNI or trying yeah. <laughs> to do talks at the bank. And um, I early on got affiliated with this. We have the uh, Ontario has these, they're called the early year centers and they're almost like these free resources for moms and their babies or parents and their babies to go in. And there's like classes that are free. And I did some work with them holding workshops. And I also like belong to them, right. Where they would just see my face and, um, you know, years and years of that. And three kids later, like people start to get to know, it's not a huge town, right. So all of a sudden you start to uh, know who I was. I coach soccer, right. Like I did different things. Like, so you just become a piece of your community. 
Well, I find that's the thing. That's the biggest thing is just being involved in your community is almost doing stuff. Um, yeah, I can't remember who I did interview with before, but we were saying like, um, those are your avatars. Those, those people are your avatars because they do what you like to do because you're doing what you like to do. And then you meet other people that are doing what you like to do. And then those are the people who you like to look after because they're like you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's perfect. Right. And then, you know, lots of those people end up being, they're your patients, but they're also your bit of your extended friends and family. Right. And so it's, it's ideal. Yeah. Now, when you grew, did you, did you just have a, a steady growth or did you kind of spike up or did you have any plateaus along the way? Tell us a little bit about your progression through practice. Oh, for sure. Um, so again, you know, I, when I started, I had these two young daughters and then I had a third, you know, a short while after. So I would definitely say for that first, you know, nine, 10 years, I grew, but it was a slow growth. My focus was definitely on the Family. mom side of things. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, my husband works kind of corporate management, so he didn't have the flexibility necessarily in his schedule. So, you know, lots did fall on me on the, on the mom front, which yeah. was totally good. You know, I, I loved all of that. I loved having that flexibility. Mm -hmm. And then it's been maybe in the last like six, seven, eight years that my kids have been bigger, that I've definitely been able to kind of put more focus on the practice and more growth and into myself and then in turn into the practice. I think that, and again, not that I'm a mom, but I, I would just assume, cause I just talked to a lot of chiropractors and sometimes, you know, they feel guilty cause they should be at home or they feel like they should be more with their kids, but then sometimes they want to be at the practice and then they feel bad if they're not at the practice cause they should be going to practice. And so how did you, how did you play that yin and yang between practice and home? And, and then, because I, I, cause it changed, right? Because as the kids were there, you're a little bit more at home. And then as they got a little, little bit older, they got a little bit more at the practice. Oh, for sure. And you know what? This is a, it's a hard one. And, you know, I talk to other women chiropractors and we, many of us struggle with a lot of it. Um, it's a different, it is a different gig, right? To be a women chiropractor as a mom is different than a male chiropractor that's a father or not a father. Not that it's harder. It's just different, right? It is yeah. uh, there's something innately in us. We can't, you can't switch off that mom switch <laughs> quite so easily. Um, and so I think it's just about not trying to achieve this balance that you think exists and, and just giving yourself some grace, right? Like there, I'm okay with the fact that my practice didn't explode as a startup to, you know, whatever that magic number that people want to hit because I had this time with my kids and there are plenty of people that maybe would have wanted that and didn't get that. Right. So I'm okay yeah. with the way I did it. Um, and I think it, you know, then as you give yourself grace for all of that stuff, it doesn't become this guilt and you can just enjoy all the pieces of it and mm -hmm. know that that was okay. Then this is okay now. And, uh, and you know, there's great flexibility in what we do, right? I mean, I was able to reschedule days and make a school trip or, or go to a Christmas concert or that kind of stuff. But, you know, you also have to accept that sometimes you won't make the best Halloween costume or the best snack for something, right? Like it's, you yeah. just have to kind of be okay with what you want to do. Mm, it's like a little bit messy, right? It's a little it bit messy. Cool. Just, and you have to be okay with a little bit messy. Yeah, I, I'm all about messy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Now, um, did you ever get to a time in practice where you're like overwhelmed and stressed out and kind of burn yourself out, or in life because it could be both, like between yeah, everything? Yeah, uh, completely burnt out. No, I think I have fallen into that trap of comparing myself to other people. Right where it's, yeah. um, you know, even recently, let's say in the last three years, that 
some brand new chiropractors that are coming out of the gates and they're on fire right from minute one and, you know, they're crushing their social media game and like all of this kind of stuff that, you know, maybe we're not so great at. But, <laughs> um, but again, you know, you have to, you really have to stay away from that comparison. And I remember I worked with a coach once and I was driving in the car and I was talking to him and we were talking about kind of where my obstacles were or what was holding me back. And he told me to glance in the rear view mirror, right? And of course it's me in the rear view mirror that I can see when I look up there. And so of course that was like a, you know, he hit me right between the eyes that it wasn't anybody else that was holding me back. It was just me. And Mm -hmm. that looking backwards or what I could have done or should have done was far more limiting than the big dashboard in front of me. That was what could be out there. Right. So, and it was there a time that you were like, uh, and and so like from that realization, what kind of things did you do from that point forward? Did you, did you just kind of use less excuses or what, what kind of aha did you have from that? I think it's more narrowed down as to what I wanted, right? So it wasn't about holding myself to some level of a thousand patient visits a week or what someone else was doing or their hours. It was kind of, no, this is kind of what I want to do. I like having this flexibility and maybe I don't want to see the dads. Like if, if you don't want to see the dads and you only want to see the moms and kids, that's okay too, right? Like there's, right. There's, enough, there's enough of us out there to see everybody. So, you know, pick what you love to do. So it's just, it's just like, yeah, well, just like how you said at the beginning where you go to different practices to figure out how you like to practice, but, but it's just, it's getting clear with what you want because yeah. then, then there's no comparison because there's only one of you. So exactly. it's hard to compare yourself to others because you're doing it hopefully within your values. I think, exactly. um, I think that's a challenge for some people though, is because they're, they're doing what they think they should do. Right. Or what some program has told you to do or a script that someone has said works for them. Right. But if it's not, if it's not what you mean or what you want, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, as far, and, and again, we always like to talk a little bit about certainty in chiropractic and not really, and I always laugh. It's not really certainty in chiropractic because it's just actually certainty in optimum physiology because that's what we're helping. <laughs> so it's right, not, we right. don't have to, if we take the pressure on us, like that's the why you get stressed out. But <laughs> how is, how is your journey through certainty in what you do as a chiropractor? How did that go? And was there some kind of aha moments throughout your life um, when you were in practice? I think that's just come with like years of experience and, and putting my hands on people and having almost patients give me that confidence back, right? Or when they talk about you to someone else or, you know, when we were shut down here for whatever it was, 11 weeks, and then you tell them I'm back and like everyone came back. You're like, oh, like people... (laughs) People, you know, dig what I'm doing and they get it. So that's a, that's a big piece. Um, obviously, you know, listening to great podcasts and learning from great mentors and all of that um, has been helpful, more than helpful. You know, I do, uh, I do the insight scans in my office. Those have been a great, you know, uh, confidence and certainty booster, so to speak, as far as kind of what I can see and when you see changes. It's pretty cool. Hey, when you can kind of see, and I, I, what I find too, is that just once you've been doing it long enough that you can kind of predict different, like how you can kind of sort of, you don't predict a hundred percent, but you can kind of pre-frame how things are going to go. And then it's pretty cool because you can start to see patterns with different people and, yeah. and how they're going to respond. And, and I find now like the, the more longer I'm in practice, the more confident I feel because I already know, like if this person I know is going to take a lot longer, this person's yeah. probably going to respond quicker or this, you know, there's, there's some, some good confident things. So, yeah, so and when you can, when you can tell them that what's going to happen, 
you know, then, then you're just blowing them out of the water too. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And now a lot of you said it was experience, like just experience, but if you're a new chiropractor, what kind of things would you recommend for a new chiropractor? Somebody might be struggling. Maybe they, maybe they, they, they start practicing them in the mechanical model where it's more about pain and they're kind of interested in getting to understanding more about the, the, the other aspects of chiropractic. How what would you recommend for those people? I think it's, it, you know, when you don't have all those years of experience yet, you almost have to reach out to those people that do. And I think there's plenty of chiropractors out there that have been doing this and seen the changes and have the confidence and, and they're all willing to share, right? So whether it be through, you know, formal programs like you guys with Vitality or, you know, Tony Ebel and all his work on pediatrics, like all that stuff is, is to give you that confidence from someone else until you have it yourself. Great. Just borrow it for a little time until you borrow can get it until it's in there. And then you just, you just do it. <laughs> so uh, when did you, so you, you've been doing well in practice, you know, last, especially the last six years when the kids are getting older, you've kind of blown that up a bit. Um, the kind of the next level of practice is usually is, is more of a leadership or giving back to the profession. And I was wondering, tell us a little bit about your interest in getting involved with the Canadian, um, the CNAC, uh, the new uh, national association in Canada. So I think it started, I guess, last, was it last March when we were in Montreal for Life Vision, right? And I think that's when you guys had your first meeting of the minds, so to speak. Um, So I kind of, I had heard the rumblings of what was maybe coming down the wire. And then uh, I was excited for it all, obviously. When it got launched in the fall, you know, I was more than happy to kind of jump on board as a member first. Mm -hmm. And then soon after that, uh, David Fletcher reached out to me and kind of said, hey, sister, you know, pull up your socks and get on this board or throw your name (laughs) in the hat anyways. And uh, so I did. And I think it was, again, you know, I'm at a point where I do have a little more time, right? My kids, my girls are all bigger. And I felt like it was, it was time, right? I mean, I think we've had such great leaders that have done their time and it's, it's time for the next generation to step up and to do something and to be a voice. I think it's, it's great for us as individuals to make your voice again, more certain and more confident when you're kind of speaking amongst your peers and then just to get that word out even bigger to the community and the country. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just for the ones who are listening, so we have a lot of people that aren't in Canada listening to the podcast, and so okay. basically we were frustrated because our the the current association was quite limiting, and we, a lot of us didn't feel like we were being represented. And so, uh, you know, in the it, when you're in chiropractic, you have two things to do: you can just complain, or you can actually do something about it, right? And so, yeah. so this is an example where we did something about it to create another association that would be a little bit more. Um, full focus of chiropractic. And again, nothing, not going to be against anything like in, in, as far as in the mechanistic realm at all, but just being more full focused because the current association is just hardcore focused on the, on the, the mechanical end of the bell curve. Right. And so, so what, what kind of things are you um, responsible for on the board? I am, uh, <laughs> I'm responsible for many things. No, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I deal a lot of the external kind of PR stuff. So it's, you know, right now that's a lot of working with our membership kind of people to just get the word out there to try and inform people about what this association is and how important it is to kind of bring our numbers up so that we can make more noise, so to speak, in the profession. And what I've learned over the last, you know, six months is that there are a lot of people that still don't even really know we exist. Right. And, um, so that's probably mission number one is to just 
to get that out there to make sure that everyone does know who we are and what our goals are. And, you know, I think even during this last four months when, um, where Canada essentially kind of got shut down with us as chiropractors as non-essential, it's even more important kind of for everyone to realize, holy Moses, like we got to do something or else, you know, we're first on the chopping block at another time. Great. Oh, totally. Yeah. I know. It's kind of, uh, yeah, I know that's been frustrating for quite a few chiropractors, yeah. and especially it's interesting because when you follow, we follow a lot of people around the world and how certain areas chiropractic was deemed essential and other areas it wasn't, it was kind of yeah. like, it, it yeah, was just, frustrating. It, and, and you know, we've had, I mean, Ontario, we've had tons and tons of, you know, complaints and restrictions and all these kinds of things on us in, uh, on the last year and a half maybe. And so, you know, we need to, be bigger in number to be able to kind of battle some of those battles. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, coming into closing, um, I always like to leave the, uh, first of all, thank you for, for taking the time to be on the podcast. Appreciate it. Um, but what kind of words of inspiration would you like to leave the listeners with around the world that might be just driving to work, needing a little pump up for, for work or people who might be feeling a little burnt out or tired or frustrated? You know, it's, uh, we have this saying in our house and, uh, it's called swim your own race. And where, where the origins of the story came from is that my middle daughter used to be a competitive swimmer. And so in swimming, you're always trying to like, it's kind of based on times to let's say make the next qualifying meet or the next level or that kind of thing. And when she was younger, her dad and I, who really knew nothing about swimming, told her going into this race that, you know, the girl beside her in the lane beside her had the qualifying time that she needed. So if she could just keep up with this girl, generally she should be okay. Well, of course, in that particular race, this girl doesn't swim that time. So neither of them make the qualifying time, right? And uh, and so everyone learned a lesson in that day. One, that parents should not get involved as coaches because we didn't really know anything. And, <laughs> and uh, but more importantly, that really she should have just swam her own race, right? And literally gone after the time that she wanted and gone as hard as she could or as hard as she wanted to get there to meet that time. And that goes in everything, right? That's where it comes into that whole comparison. It goes into, you know, who do you want as your ideal patients? What kind of hours do you want? All that kind of stuff. It's your own race and not to worry about anybody else. Do what you love and do it well. That's awesome. I think, well, again, we covered that the whole from the very beginning, right? Get yourself exposed to a bunch of different stuff, learn from a lot of different people, borrow other people's certainty. But then we always talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom and knowledge is getting the information and wisdom is like inputting it into the system and then getting feedback from it to find out if that really resonates with you. So, um, so I think that's very good. Swim your own race. So swim your own race. Swim your own race. So, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, this was fun. Thank you so much for having me. That's good. And everybody out there, I'm sure you got lots, uh, lots of good uh, tidbits of information from that, uh, that podcast episode. And, uh, and I think that's, we're going to leave it with swim your own race so you can create that shift. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.